Behind the turntables is DJ Train. Mixing and scratching is the name of the game. Now here's a little something about nosy people. It's not real hard, it's plain and simple, baby, baby D. D. Welcome back to Anatomy of a Verse. I know it's been a while, but I'm very happy to be back with a bunch of new episodes and new songs and new stories. The song that you're listening to right now is Supersonic by J.J. Fad. And just for some background information, J.J. Fad was an all-female rap group in the late 80s and early 90s signed to Ruthless Records, which now we mostly associate with N.W.A. and West Coast gangster rap. But J.J. Fad's music was more along the lines of electronic dance music, and their one-hit song, Supersonic, would eventually become a very popular reference point for many well-known rappers. If you're a millennial like me, then this part might sound particularly familiar. And for comparison, here's the beginning of the first verse from Fergie's 2006 smash hit, Fergalicious. Fergalicious definition, make them boys go loco. They want my treasures so they get their pleasures from my boat so you can see me. But probably the most memorable part of the song Supersonic comes at the very, very end when they start rapping super, super fast. And now here's Eminem shouting out J.J. Fad and the song Supersonic in his 2013 song, Rap God. So Ray J went straight to the radio station the very next day. Hey, Fab, I'm gonna kill you. Lyrics coming at you with supersonic speed. But if you had to give the award to the person with the coolest and cleverest use of the song Supersonic, it would have to go to the one and only MF Doom. He took a different approach, and he sampled the beatboxing from the intro. And on top of that beatboxing, he found a perfect matching sample from the song Sweet Love by Anita Baker. Now, notice when the Sweet Love sample comes in, how the hits from that song line up perfectly with the beatboxing from the J.J. Fad sample, and how there's even a little space in the groove for the first half of the word supersonic. This is all a way of building up to the fact that I'm going to release part one of a two-part story on the life and music of MF Doom. We're going to dive into his early days in the group KMD and also start to get into what it was that made him such a brilliant rapper. But 
I wanted to take a little mini episode to talk about his production style because it often gets overshadowed by his insane lyricism. Much like his rapping, Doom's approach to beat making was incredibly forward thinking while also being steeped in classic hip hop tradition. For example, break beats in hip hop typically need to have a firm kick drum sound and a nice crisp snare drum sound. That's often what makes a beat funky and danceable. But beatboxing doesn't really provide any of those things. In fact, I'd say that mouth noises in general are among the least danceable things that you could put on a record. But what other producers would see as unusable, Doom saw as an opportunity. A Doom beat almost always challenges your perception of what is and isn't allowed in a hip-hop beat. And it usually makes you hear samples in a way that is very different from their original context. Let's take another example, a much more obscure sample from a 1970s Japanese anime show. So Doom took this sample and he slowed it down. And then he added another beatboxing break from the 1986 Just Ice song, That Girl is a Slut. And what he wound up with was another beat that was way, way ahead of its time. Render unto Ghidra what is Ghidra's. Ten to one he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels are still since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy ass curl, now it's easy dread. Doom was essentially reinventing the classic hip-hop beat. And by that, I mean he was breaking rules that were not supposed to be broken. Like, we typically take for granted that a hip-hop beat, or any drum beat for that matter, is supposed to stay in one tempo. It's not really supposed to speed up and slow down. And definitely it's not supposed to fluctuate wildly like some kind of seasick drunken mess. Right? Walk the path of Jesus, witness the fell freezes, the mind teases, reality cracked the pieces, nothing eases, being chastised with blood baptized, dies, revives, acknowledge past lives, statements will be made, acknowledge me. And for this reason, when people talk about Doom's production style, they often use words like sloppy, lo fi, or home studio. Adjectives that definitely fit Doom, no question. But these words also only tell one side of the story, because Doom's beats, as messy as they often were, could also be strangely conventional at times. Like on the song Deadbent, which was the first single that he released as a solo artist back in 97, he used a few samples that some considered to be downright unoriginal. The main sample in this song is taken from Isaac Hayes' version of the song Walk On By, from his classic 1969 album Hot Buttered Soul. 
This is a very, very well-known recording for hip-hop heads, sampled in dozens of huge hip-hop songs from the early 90s. And also it's instantly recognizable thanks to Harold Bean's distinct guitar sound with its heavy fuzz distortion and aggressive tremolo. And on top of that walk-on-by sample, Doom also used a sample from the legendary Bronx hip-hop group Boogie Down Productions and their track Super Ho from the 1987 album Criminal Minded. There's this unwritten rule among hip-hop purists that you don't sample other hip-hop records for your beats. It's considered the absolute lowest of low-hanging fruit. We saw that he did that earlier with J.J. Fad and Just Ice. And yes, while these days that rule doesn't carry as much weight anymore, back in the 90s, it was very odd for an independent underground guy like Doom to be sampling one of the most respected landmark hip-hop albums of all time, BDP's Criminal Minded. And this was certainly not the last time that Doom would get some raised eyebrows from people in his own community due to his sample choices. this song, he takes the main sample and the chorus melody without changing them at all from the song Kiss of Life by Sade, which again was a very well-known recording and also was considered more smooth jazz or easy listening than the typical stuff of New York City underground hip-hop. And again, for the drums and the record scratching, he took from BDP's album Criminal Minded, this time from the song Poetry. Now, whether or not you think these samples were used in poor taste, The fact is that every decision Doom made was a musical decision, and he was willing to break any rule, no matter whose rule it was, if it felt right to him musically. But because he had cultivated this image of an anti-hero, and his values were in direct contrast with mainstream hip-hop, people, understandably, have always focused more on the messy side of Doom's style. So, I'll leave you today with one of my favorite examples of Doom being hilariously messy. In this last clip from the song Crazy World, the drums are sloppy almost to the point of being comedic. 
At one point, he stops playing the drum samples altogether. And then, a few seconds later, it sounds like he's just hitting random samples at random times. It works, despite the fact that the drums don't even really sound like drums anymore. They now sound like obviously chopped up samples inside of a machine. And next week, we're going to get into the story of MF Doom from the beginning. It's probably my favorite story that I've worked on so far, so I really hope you'll check it out. Please feel free to hit me up on social media for any reason or send me an email at anatomyofaverse at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.